Hi, everybody. Before you get to this next episode, you might be wondering why it hasn't been an entire week since my last episode dropped. And I just wanted to let you know really fast, I've been blessed to have a lot of interviews in the past couple of months that I'm actually backlogged for a few months. So I thought I would catch this up just a little bit during my birthday week, which is this week. So I'm going to release an episode Monday through Friday. And this Friday, I'm actually going to um, offer you my story. So you get to learn a little bit about me. So in the meantime, enjoy your daily episodes. Bye. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the At Hearthstone Mom podcast. I'm Lauren Rose. Today's topic is something called the fair play method. The fair play method is a tool for parents to balance all the tasks it takes to run a household and raise children. And our guest is Valerie Recor. She's a productivity coach, helping moms gain a sense of control, spend more time with their families, and end their days feeling accomplished. And Valerie recently became a certified fair play method facilitator. Welcome, Valerie. Thanks for coming on. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so I hadn't heard of fair play method until recently, but I've been following it on Instagram and I think it's really interesting. So can you tell us what the fair play method is and why it's important? Yeah. So the fair play method is a tool that you can use, uh, whether really, whether you have kids or not, and whether you are together um, with your partner or co-parenting or kind of whatever that looks like. Um, it's a tool that you can use to have ongoing open conversations related to all of the tasks that it takes to run a household. Um, so it just helps you identify what needs to be done and when, and who is doing what it gives everybody ownership, um, gets you all on the same page. So it's not just mom telling everybody else what to do. It's everybody together against the to-do list. If that makes sense, I think it's just, it's this wonderful tool that is here to help all of us just get through the the day-to-day tasks and the bigger tasks as well, um, the more ongoing tasks and making time for taking care of ourselves and having space outside of the day-to-day tasks of childcare and running a household. How did we get to a place culturally <laughs> where moms are expected to do it all? Yeah, so that is a great question and probably something we could dive into deeper. Um, So today I'll keep it high level. It's Mm -hmm. a combination of things. So moms have always, not always, but um, for several generations have just, they have been the ones at home taking care of the kids in the household while dads go off to work. We are still a society designed for one person to work full-time and one person to be home full-time. I know that that's not always the case for everybody in terms of finances, but that's just the way our society is still designed to function, which creates lots of problems. And women from a very young age are, are conditioned to take on those roles. So we're given dolls to play with. We're given Mm. toy kitchens. We're given little play cook sets, whatever that looks like. And men are not. So men, so then women are just conditioned as we grow up that this is, we are in charge of the house. Women just naturally are better at it. We just, this is just what you do. And those are Um, kind of the standards that are put out there. None of that is true in terms of we are not naturally better caretakers. We have just been conditioned to believe that. 
And then women get the maternity leave. If you're lucky enough to have maternity leave, you get that time off. Your partners probably do not. And so over time from there, you just get better at understanding your baby's cries. You know what they need. You can respond quicker. You you're changing a diaper quicker because you've had that experience. You've been there day in and day out practicing that, you know, how to pack the diaper bag to get them, everybody out the door. And your partner has not been home for that practice because he wasn't given that time or he didn't take it or, or, um, in most cases, I think it's that they just weren't given the paternity leave to have that, that space. So over time, moms just get better at all of this. And we just assume we're better at it because of that, that we're more naturally inclined for that caretaking role. And it just cycles from there. Um, those are, I'm sure there's a much more we could dive into, um, in all of that, but we'll, we'll leave that there. <laughs> yeah. What's the general response been from families in the media to the fair play method? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I'm biased. And so I, I look for mm-hmm. all of the stuff related to people, um, enjoying the fair play. I think, um, it, it's been, I mean, it's become one of Reese's Reese Witherspoon's, um, book club book. She's been a huge supporter of it. Uh, there was a documentary that was created that came out last year related to it. And I think people love it. I think, I think families are looking for a tool that helps them get through the slog of, um, and the daily grind of raising kids and managing a household, because we're looking for an answer to why is this so hard and can this change? And the answer is it, yes, it can. And the fair play method is here to help with that. Okay, so I, I guess that's you just explained why the method is so popular and successful, right? Because people are just looking for ways mm-hmm. to manage it all, right? Mm-hmm. So I saw that there's a concept of a unicorn space. Can you explain what that is and why that's important? Yeah. So the unicorn space, which is actually a, a uh, the second book that came out um, by Eve Rodsky, who's the author of Fair Play Method, um, and it focuses solely on Um, You could almost say it's kind of the end goal of using the fair play method or a goal of it. So you use the fair play method in your, in your daily life. And now you have time to focus on yourself and who you are outside of being a parent and a partner and a professional, if you also work outside of the home. Um, And I think as moms, we lose who we are outside of those roles. Like, what is it I used to do before I had kids? Like, I I don't remember. (laughs) What was it I used to be passionate about? And the unicorn space is giving yourself and your partner that time to pursue those passions, to take up marathon running or training for a marathon, if that's something you love, to take up painting class and share your paint, your artwork um, in a an art show at the end of a semester to do mm-hmm. something that is outside of the, of self-care and time with your family, which are, and friends and partner, which are all things that you also want to create time for. Um, that's just you focusing on something that you are excited about. Yeah. I think that's really important because I know since I became a mom almost 10 years ago, this Saturday, that has been pretty much my identity. I'm a mom Mm -hmm. and I love that role. I love that identity. I love being a mom, but then there are all those other things that I used to be able to do. You know, I used to love music and playing instruments and 
I used to love reading and and I just don't have as much time for that anymore. And those those passions have just kind of gone by the wayside now. Mm-hmm. So I get that. How can a mom get her family on board with this new method? Yeah. So it's really designed for you and your partner to have these discussions. I think getting a f- your family involved with it um, can also be part of it as well. I would start the conversations with you and your partner. And it's really understanding. The first part is inviting your partner to a conversation. And this isn't a conversation of, it's a, it's getting you on the same page, getting you to be a team. It's not, I need to talk at you because I am mad and resentful of the way things are. It's, Hey, this isn't working for me. And I'd really like to have a conversation about a tool I've discovered that will help us get on the same page or work together. And the, in the long run, having both of you work together through this makes everybody happy. So mom is less stressed out because she's got less on her plate. There's less of that mental load, mental capacity. Um, So she's happy. She's got time to pursue her unicorn space and actually take care of herself and spend time with her friends um, and do things outside of managing a household. Um, Your marriage will and relationship will thrive and be better because the two of you are, aren't, you know, butting heads over whose turn it is to empty the dishwasher or take out the trash or, you know, who last cleaned the bathroom and why didn't you do it the way that I wanted it to be done when I needed it to be done. It's getting, it's kind of removing some of that from the conversation and having a tool to have these conversations that gets you moving forward. Does that answer your question? Felt like yeah, rambled on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it does. It does. You know, start start with your partner, and I love how you approached it too, as in like a loving, you know, teamwork kind of way. Not, I am really frustrated, and I don't mm-hmm. like that you're not doing you know enough, quote unquote, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. What kind of resistance does a mom usually get <laughs> when she's trying to implement this method, and how can she overcome some of those barriers? Yeah. So the first thing. Uh, that I want to address is the mom going, why me? Why do I have to be the one to bring this up? Why can't my partner just see that I need help and step up and do something? And by listening to our conversation here, by reading the book, you'll see that it's really, it's on you because you've discovered this tool and you want something to change. You're, something isn't working and you're ready for something to change. And it doesn't have to be this whole big, we're going to sit down and overhaul our life. Maybe it's, we're going to sit down and have a conversation about the dishwasher and we're going to start there. Or we're going to talk about date nights or time with friends or something, one small step. And because you want something to change, you're going to take that step instead of keeping the status quo the way that it is. Um, The resistance that you might face from your partner or even your kids once you open it up to them is, again, that status quo. Things have been working for them. Mom does everything. So why am I going to start doing all of this stuff? My mom reminds me to 
make my bed and pack my lunch and and shower. And so I don't need to be responsible for this stuff. Why should I change? Um, as your partner, same. Like I've always had somebody telling me what to do, or I haven't had to do all of this work around the house because my partner has just always taken care of it. And so there may be some resistance because it's worked for them to not change things. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes back to that conversation of we're in this together and everybody will be happier in the long run when things are being managed a bit differently and everybody is empowered to step in and help around the house. We all live here, right? So it's not just me managing everything in the house because everybody else lives here too. And they're part of this household and we're a team. And so we are all responsible for keeping this house functioning, not just mom. And knowing that there might be some resistance and not giving up if that first invitation to a conversation is met with that resistance. So continuing, maybe it's finding another way to word your invitation. Maybe it's finding an example of something that you want to talk about with. So in my house, it was the dishwasher. Um, we have, my husband loves to cook. We both work from home. We have a lot of dishes in our house. And so it was really having that conversation of, Hey, this isn't working for me. And I'm really tired of the kitchen being a mess all of the time and feeling like it's always my responsibility to clean it. And then we came up with a plan. And Mm -hmm. so in our case, it's Sunday through Saturday, one of us is fully responsible for the dishwasher, loading, unloading, um, and hand-washing anything that needs to be hand-washed. So when it's my week, I can deal with it in my own time and have it happen in a way that works for me. And when it's not my week, it's not my problem. Even if that means that the counter by the dishwasher is a mess all the time, it's not my problem. And you can set ground rules of, you know, hey... And these are agreed upon ground rules, not just the person with the higher standards, but the, um, you know, the, the, before 9 PM, the dishwasher needs to be loaded and run if necessary. And everything needs to be hand-washed that needs to get hand-washed, um, every day. And that you can have whatever those, that, um, what Eve calls the minimum standards of care agreed upon, but it's having those conversations to start with and knowing that it's not forever and ever. So I don't have to do the dishwasher forever and ever. We trade off every week. It could be who's getting up and working on um, making breakfast for everybody to get them, everybody out the door in the morning. It could change by day. It could change by week. And that's knowing. So knowing that those daily grind tasks do not have to fall on you repeatedly forever that, that you can share that load. Yeah, a year or two ago, my husband and I were, you know, wanting to talk to our daughter about what chores she should be doing. So I made a spreadsheet because she thought she just does so much, right? (laughs) So I made a spreadsheet of like every little thing that has to be done from taking her to school to taking her doctor's appointments to all the stuff around the house to paying the bills, all of that. And guess what? Mommy's name was in almost every single one of those, (laughs) right? Daddy's name was in a few. Her name was in a few. And she, you know what she said to me? She's like, there's no way you do all of that stuff. Like, yeah, I really do. So 
it, it was interesting just to see that laid out and to see her response like, <laughs> like no you can't possibly do all those things <laughs> um how does this method approach fair play in a relationship where one person is a stay-at-home spouse mm -hmm. yeah I think that's a tricky one. No, it's not tricky, but I think it's, we come into those roles thinking, okay, well, I stay home. I should be the one that does everything around the house and you work. And so that's your, your role. But when you come down to it, like this list that, that you created um, and the fair play method, there's a deck of cards that covers all of that stuff. I think there's around a hundred cards for every, that just covers just about every task you could think of. And it's more than a full-time job to be a stay-at-home mom. It is not possible for one person to do everything that needs to happen every day to keep a house functioning. And it's looking at the person who's home, their time is just as valuable as the person who is going to the office and earning the paycheck. Because that person would, their, their role to leave the house and function in society outside of the home is supported by the fact that somebody is at home doing all of that work. And if they didn't have that person at home, they would have to take on all of that work as well. So it's first understanding that just because somebody's time, they're being paid for their role doesn't make their job more important. Mm -hmm. and it comes back to, we are all in this house together. We all need to be working as a team to keep it functioning. And mm -hmm. so it might be that the person who stays home has a few more cards. Like if we're not looking at 50, 50 here, we're looking at something that just makes sense for your house and your situation. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that it is not fully your responsibility as a stay-at-home mom to do all the things. And as a partner who is working outside of the home, that you are also responsible for stuff at home as well. Because that mom at home, especially if you're home with young kids, you don't get uh -huh. a break. You don't get paid time off. You don't get sick leave. You don't get um, you know, your, your break during the day might be when your kid is napping, if you're lucky enough that they take a nap mm -hmm. and so, or that you, you know, they have some screen time and that's the only time that they sit still. And so those are your breaks and they're not, that's not really a break. Cause you're half listening for your kid to wake up from their nap or the TV show to end or something like that. Versus if you're working in an office, you might get a lunch break and you get to go wander through target for 20 minutes or sit in the, you know, sit in peace and quiet and have your lunch. And so it's really understanding that everybody is responsible for the tasks in the home, regardless of whether you work for pay outside of the home or not. Right. Um, does this method account for a person who has health issues like chronic pain that limit what they can do and how much they can do? How would that work? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. This would be incredibly beneficial for that situation. Um, some of the, or one of the big things that I, I work on with my clients is starting with what are your values and your goals as a person and as a family? So what are the things, you know, what do you want your kid's childhood to look like? And what do you want to be doing in your 
career and your business in your life outside of all of that? What is, you know, what are, what's important to you? And then making sure that the items on your to-do list are getting you there, that they're working towards those goals so that you're not getting caught up in just the day-to-day dishes and laundry and feeding everybody and cleaning tasks, because we can lose sight of everything else when all of that stuff takes over. And so then you can, once you have that identified or clarified, and then you add in kind of what your energy levels are, what you know your your health problems or health issues are, um, and kind of where your limits, your daily limits might be, then you can go through the cards and have those conversations of really what is important to you and your family. And it might shift from week to week or day to day, depending on on your energy levels. Um, but being able to have those conversations about what's important to you and what are you going to let go of? So it might be you love, you said your daughter, or yeah, your daughter's turning mm-hmm. 10 this weekend that you love throwing big birthday parties. And so that's important to you. And so you want to plan those and you're going to make sure that whatever maybe energy levels wise, you just have to start planning way earlier than you think so that you can get all this stuff done. Or you may decide, look, we throw big birthday parties because everybody else we know is doing it and we feel like we need to. And, but that's not really important to me and it wears me out and I don't enjoy it. And my daughter doesn't really seem to care if we invite 15 people over or three people over. And so this year let's have her invite three of her good friends over and we'll have pizza and movies and just have a very low key celebration. And so being able to have those conversations because you've clarified your values now can help you figure out what you're doing next on some of, on those key parts or key events. And so I, I, yeah, it absolutely, this would be a great tool for anybody with, um, with health issues. Yeah. I love the parts about clarifying your values as a family because every family is different. And Mm -hmm. that's just so important in determining the things that we do and the things that we say no to, right? Determining what our values are in the first place. That Mm -hmm. way the whole family can be on board. Yeah. Yeah. I think we get so caught up in what society is doing, what everybody, we think everybody else is doing that we forget to just take a few minutes to look at what we want and what's important to us. So my daughter turned 10 Uh, right around Thanksgiving last year. And she had one friend over for a slumber party, a sleepover. That was it. That was what we did. And she loved it. She didn't care. You know, we had cake and pizza and she watched a movie and they just had this great time. And we didn't need to have this big elaborate birthday party because that wasn't Mm -hmm. important to us. And we have friends who love throwing big elaborate birthday parties and that's important to them. And they should continue doing that. So hear me that I'm not telling you to never throw a big birthday party, but to take that time to figure out what's really important to you and your family and, and make your plans from there. That's awesome. So where can we get more information about you and about the fair play method about what you do? Yeah. So you can find me um, on Instagram at stride productivity. Um, Same for my website at strideproductivity.com. And you can follow on Instagram. There's lots of tips and ideas. And I I dive into more of this fair play method of just kind of the the goals behind it and the the shifts um, 
that it can create in your life. And then I also have um, on my website, you can sign up for, um, it's a private podcast and uh, texting option where we can communicate um, tips through uh, texting and audio. And the audio is meant to be um, listened to while you're sitting in the school pickup line. So very, very short. Um, and again, we dive into more of the the fair play and and some of the resistance behind it and and ideas around implementing it in your life. Awesome. Thanks. Um, you can find me at herstamom.com and at herstamom on Instagram and Facebook. I'd also love to hear from you via email at herstamom at gmail.com. Hope everybody has a blessed day. Thank you.